This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green live in full effect in the Ingalls studio here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400 Thursday afternoon. And we're just hours away from the kickoff of the NFL preseason. The Hall of Fame game coming up tonight. Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. It's here, folks. We have made it. We've made it through the offseason. Now, We've only got, you know, we've only got four weeks of preseason games. And I'm okay with that. I literally went home between the shows to start food for week one. Did you really? Official, yes, football time. (laughs) So you've got the buffet all ready to go. The beers are on ice. We can eat all of them. It's just, it's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> well, good for you. I might have a couple wagers laid on this game, which I never thought I would say. Hey, we got I a green might, on green today. I, uh-huh. Yeah. I might have a problem, and I'm okay with that. Right. It's fine. Look, uh, after it's been so, so, so long, I mean, obviously the season ended on a very, very high note for me, but it's been way too long. I need when, football back in my life. When the main story on ESPN.com is about Lionel Messi, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's time for we need football. Lionel Messi and uh, if you're looking for a, Richard, if you're looking for a deep divey uh, breakdown of that, it will come at five oh five today. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, no, not I don't from us. No, but somewhere somebody's going to give it to you. Yeah, it's not it's not going to be us. Yeah, I, I don't plan on breaking down Barcelona's offense anytime soon. So, <laughs> uh, yes, in the soccer world, that is that is the big breaking news. Lionel Messi is not going to be with Barcelona any longer. He's been with that team for thirty five years, and now nineteen. You're close. <laughs> He's thirty five years old. Right. <laughs> He's been with that team forever, and is now no longer going to be with them. U.S. soccer fans are getting all excited. Like, maybe he can come play in the MLS. I'm, I'm going to bet that doesn't happen. But what do I know? U.S. soccer is uh, is rising. So, maybe. Maybe there's a chance. You know what else there's a chance of? The U.S. winning gold in baseball and basketball? Uh, that's, that's also possible. Yes. Uh, it, it, I finally figured out today... And I'm not going to lie, this was, it was, I didn't figure it out myself. It was explained to me. Okay. I figured out why it is so hard for me to get into the Olympics. Uh, cause you're fat. The, the, but I mean, there's so much to unpack from that. <laughs> I, first of all, uh, nice to meet you, pot. I'm kettle. I mean, I'm I've never had a question there. of whether or not I could be in the Olympics. So I'm just guessing, is that the personal re- revelation? No, the that you've revelation come to? that I had is every sport that's in it. That I would possibly care about. Yeah. We are just so much better at it than everybody else that I just don't care. USA basketball has Jason Tatum coming off the bench. Uh huh. By the way, I was real wrong about that. I thought we were going to struggle to meddle. We're going to roll. I, I mean, be France, careful with the roll. Yeah. France has beat us two times in a row. This, so this, calm I mean, down this on is roll. true. But, but France, I mean, 
I feel like I feel like we got something for them. Maybe you know, last time maybe wasn't given it a whole hundred percent effort. It really didn't mean a whole lot. It was a an exhibition game. Rudy Gobert was, you know, he was he was great last night against Slovenia, but uh, other than Luka Doncic, they don't have anything with Slovenia. I've saw, I saw so many people. Oh, look, look, Rudy Gobert. Why does he look like the second coming of Shaquille O'Neal? Because he's playing against Slovenia. Uh, Luka Doncic. Do you think he's going to do that to Bam Adebayo? Because I don't. Yeah, here's the thing. Luka Doncic is on just another level, and if you don't understand that, I cannot help you. Right. Trip Dove in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. It was just heartbreaking to see how devastated he was. Can you name another player on that team? No. No. And they just took France to the wire. That's how good Luka Doncic is. Yeah. It was what, 80 to 79 was the final score last 90 night? 90 to 89. 90 to 89. I knew it was a one point victory. Yeah. The, the USA got down by 15 last night to Australia and then just rolled in the second half, much like they've done every game in these Olympics. They come out all, you know, all choppy and don't it look a little disoriented. And then second half kicks in. It's like, oh, wait, that's right. We do have better players than everybody else. Watch us go. And they go. And it's going to be the same thing in the gold medal game. I have a feeling. I don't know that you know you could really afford to get down by 15 points to France. And yeah, hope to I come wouldn't back. do that. But <laughs> I, I, w- I would really plan on playing a uh, full contingency of minutes here, right? Because if you don't, it could go sideways. It could go sideways. But I got a feeling that uh, we're going to win the gold again in basketball. We are taking on Japan in baseball, and they do have at least one player that I've ever heard of on the baseball team, Todd Frazier. Yes. <laughs> but besides him, it's a whole bunch of prospects and hopefully we'll win the gold. I'm always I'm always rooting for it. I'm not going to watch it. Olympic baseball's not really down my alley. Major League Baseball is hardly down my alley if it doesn't include my team. So we got the chance. We got the chance to win two gold medals in those team events. And Team USA, yes, the basketball team does look very, very good. But that's not what I was talking about. What were you talking about? Well, there is a chance that today is the day that Deshaun Watson becomes an eagle. It very well could be. However, everybody uh, in the Philadelphia area doesn't want you to think so. And then that's fine. Except for the coach. Except for Nick Sirianni, everybody wants you to believe that Deshaun Watson, There's not. they're not even close to a deal and the reason I say that about Nick Sirianni is because today in his press conference, he said he's not ready to say Jalen Hurts is QB1. Do you honestly expect me to believe, Nick? Yes, I'm going to call you Nick. Uh, did you see that today, Jason Garrett? Somebody called him Jason when he came into the press conference, and he goes, uh, that's Coach. Uh, stop that. That's Coach Garrett. Stop doing that's that. That's how we do things here. Uh, stop doing that. Deion Shut Sanders up. did that exact same thing. Did you, uh, did, that was it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Media day. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you wouldn't call Nick Saban Nick. And uh, then yeah, we somebody do. actually took clips of that same guy calling Nick Saban Nick <laughs> right. about 50 times. Right. Can we stop with that, yeah. please? Stop standing on your, oh, oh you know, you call me coach. It's, it's not like you Do I a, play for you? Right. Then I'm not calling you coach. It's not like you're a, you know, colonel in the army or something that I have, you know, thanks for your service, colonel. I, Which I, I have it, no problems with, by the way. I'm just saying there's a bit of a difference between 100%. those, you know. 
I had not seen that with Jason Garrett. Though. Yeah, it was. I saw it on Twitter, and I went, God, of I course he did. I would have done the Jim Rome thing on that. Like, what are you going <laughs> to do? What are you going to slap me? I don't think you will. Or claps a lot. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. I didn't know you thought so highly of yourself, Jason. I'd have called him Chris. What? Just- <laughs> Yeah, Jason Garrett trying to pull that whole thing. But no, Nick, you're honestly trying to tell me that we should believe that in training camp you're considering starting Joe Falco over uh, Jalen Hurts? No. The only reason that you would say you're not ready to to call him QB1 is because you know there's something else that could happen. There's another guy coming into the fold here because it's not going to be Joe Falco. It's not going to be Nick McMullins. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Did you did you just call him Nick McMullins? Nick McMullins. That's right. Well, here's the thing. Chris Trapasso put out last night the talks are heating up between the Eagles and Texans on a Deshaun Watson train. Mm-hmm. It's an analyst for CBS Sports. It was retweeted by Pro Football Focus. And then everybody in the Philadelphia media said, there is no traction. Okay. You keep telling me that. Sure. I've been saying it on this show for a solid three months. Yes. It's not because everybody I talk to is lying to me. Mm-hmm. Chris Trapasso did not put that out because everybody's lying to him either. This is not trying to get a spicy take. Uh, no, this is the only thing that makes sense, and we've been hearing it for months. Mm-hmm. And every time Deshaun Watson doesn't practice, at some point, you can kick the can down the road all you want to. At some point, you have to make a move. Mm-hmm. And I understand. I'm fully aware that they want a litany for Deshaun Watson. I don't care. It doesn't matter. He's not going to play another down for you. Right. right. I mean, all sh- universally said that. Right. He showed up in camp playing safety. Yeah. Standing in yeah. as a safety. I put zero stock in that. But well, I mean, to me, it just proved that he's not going to do anything. The fact that he's not taking snaps is what should. Right. They come out first padded practice and he's in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And this and today was day three. Mm-hmm. This was day three of his. What did they? Somebody called it a hold in. It's the new hold in instead of the hold out. I like to call it a staycation. <laughs> right. I'm going to show up to camp, but I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to work, but I'm here. So there's that. Yeah. I'm here so I don't get fined. Deshaun Watson is officially taking that stance. But all of the response to this of. Oh, no, we're not, we're not talking to Deshaun Watson. Okay, then you should tell everybody affiliated with your team that. Mm-hmm. Because off the record, they really like letting you know that we have no intention of Jalen Hurts being the starting quarterback of this team. And they're justified in that. And the reason, by the way, the reason that they're coming out saying, oh, there's been no traction in that is because they are worried that Nick Casario is not going to do the uh, Daryl Morey thing. That's who I compared it to on Twitter. Okay. Nick Casario has officially become the Daryl Morey of the NFL. Every trade that that Daryl Morey has ever pulled off in his life. We want 27 ones, 14 pick swaps, and two young players. You wind up getting three, two, and one. Right. And that's just what he does. So I have a feeling that Nick Casario put out that we want three ones, young player, blah, 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 blah. Well, you're not getting that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You ever played your hand? And now he's trying to save face to make it look like, oh, we're talking to all these teams and we're doing all these things. You're going to make a move. Yeah. One way or the other, you're going to make a move because you cannot keep him out. And they'll get two ones and a young player. I would say a one and a conditional. I would say, I've said the whole time it's a one and a conditional one. You might get a player. Yeah. Maybe. I think you should 
probably get a player out of that deal. Yeah, well, here's the thing: think, you think, it, you've got whoever does this has to protect themselves from two things. One, you have to protect them from the public backlash that you're going to catch, which is going to be massive in Philly. Not in Philly. I not in, it's not. Know. It's not. It's not. That's why Philadelphia has made sense the entire time. It's not. Michael Vick got out of jail. He was an Eagle 14 hours later. Yeah, but that was a little bit of a different story because Michael Vick had served his time. And I understand that. You know, I had this I had this discussion the other day with Josh Michaels down the hall on Star 104.3 with Josh and Ariel in the morning. He's a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. And we were talking about the Deshaun Watson thing. And with the... With everything still hanging over his head, with nothing settled on this, there are going to be a lot of Philadelphia Eagles fans who are just completely out. I've seen it over and over and over again today on the Twitter sphere of fans claiming, I'm done. This is it. If you do this deal, I'm, uh, I'm out. Well, first of all, you should be really careful of what you believe from Twitter. Because if Twitter was actually a microcosm of the world, we would all just be outside hitting each other with sticks. Yeah, because nobody most... agrees with anybody on anything on right, Twitter. But what I'm saying is, who's the most rabid fan base, or one of the most rabid fan bases in the NFL? It's the Philadelphia Eagles. They're willing to forgive a lot. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of them that are not going to be able to forgive bringing this in with bringing Deshaun Watson in with all of this unsolved. Believe it when I say it. Okay. I will believe it when I say it. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I had somebody in the NFL tell me there's one fan base that would accept this, as it sits right now. That was Philadelphia. Yep. That was what started all of this. Because I started poking around going, "There's no, you cannot hold him out. The NFLPA is not going to allow that. There's just a lot of, if there's no criminal prosecution on him, you're not going to be able to just tell him to sit at home. It will not work that way. That's not how the NFLPA works. So you're going to have to do something. And then it went down the rabbit hole of there are teams that are reaching out. I firmly believe and have been told the three teams that reached out were the Miami Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. Denver, it was floated. Fan base lost their minds. And that would actually be an overwhelming amount of the fan base would lose their minds. Miami, I don't think that would be a problem, but you can't tap out on two of that early. Not for what it would cost. Yes. So here we are. We We have one buyer. We have one seller. Okay, we're going to come to, and there's been ongoing discussions. Nobody has yet said there were not discussions. Mm-hmm. They've just re- rebuked the idea that they're heating up, that they're close, right? Because that, and I, and I can't the, tell you that they're close. No, that that was the uh, that was the rebuttal report that came out this morning was that all of the media is now calling on the Philadelphia Eagles trying to find out is this uh, tweet from Trapasso last night true? And they're saying no, that, that we're not close to any deal. Okay, that doesn't mean you're not talking about it. No. That doesn't mean that you haven't had discussions. With They've been Nick talking Casario. about it for weeks. Mm-hmm. That's not new information. And I'm going to ask the question that I always ask when things like this happen: Why did Chris Trapasso put that out there? He didn't put it out there to trend on Twitter. I promise you, he's got enough of a platform. He does not have to do that. So he put it out there because somebody said it to him. Mm-hmm. Who wanted you to know that? And there is one. Two-word phrase that wanted you to know that. The Houston Texans. The Houston Texans. (laughs) That's exactly who wanted you to know that. And that's why it's out there. And I firmly believe before this season starts, it will come to fruition. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And 
like I said, just the fact that Nick Sirianni came out today and said there's no rush on deciding who's who's QB one. We got time. The, for the that. Sirianni part of that does not strike me as much. Hmm. Nick Sirianni is trying to stay away from Jalen Hurts. As he should. He inherited Jalen Hurts, and he wants to make it known that, well, you know, we, we gave everybody a chance to win the job, and Jalen won it. So when he's bad, sorry. That has To me, that has nothing to do with ongoing talks. What I'm looking at is Howie Roseman, mm-hmm. and it's what I've looked at the entire time. Howie Roseman has had egg on his face for about a solid year and a half now. There is one way to undo that. Win. There is one way the Philadelphia Eagles can win to any level within the next, I would say, 18 to 36 months. Deshaun Watson. That's it. There is no other path. There is no college quarterback in this draft that's going to come in and immediately save your franchise with the weapons that you have and the cap ledger looking the way it does. There's not one. I love Sam Howell. I'm going to have him as one of my top three rated prospects when my rankings come out later this month. At the end of the day, he still wouldn't fix your fortunes immediately. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson would. Yes. And so you have to, t- I'm not saying you have to take the gamble. I'm saying somebody's going to, and there's only one that makes sense. And they're the team that's been attached to this from the jump. Mm-hmm. So to tell me, oh, no, that's not something we would do. Uh, okay. You booed Santa Claus and you cheered when Michael Irvin almost crippled himself. Right. Nah. Spare me on the, we wouldn't, we would not accept. Okay. Sure you wouldn't. You're the one fan base that I actually believe would in any way do that. And and I'm not commenting on what he did, didn't do. I've said this the whole time. I don't know. Right. I know there is currently no criminal prosecution. And there hasn't been for months. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I don't know. Yeah. And that's how I, from what I have heard, that is how Philadelphia feels as well. Right. And there's We'll also protect the- ourselves with a condition on the draft pick. And from there, we'll figure it out. Right. There's also the thought that the NFL knows more than they're willing to, to, to let on. And that Philadelphia and Houston have been keyed in on that. And that's why you're hearing so much rumbling about this, is that this may just go away. It's all guessing at this point. We don't know. No, we have no idea. Right. We have no clue. That's one of the funny things to me about uh, about the expectation. And this is not a wide uh, you know, not a not a large percentage, but people that expect us to know what you know the es what what uh, because we work for ESPN, we're supposed to know what the NFL knows. I have no idea. I have no idea. I know as much about that as you do. And I got news for you: it doesn't matter how close you are to this. They all know the same thing that you do because there's two lawyers that are really making sure to put their side of this narrative out. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's accurate. We are paid to talk about sports. The sports side of this is Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback for the Houston Texans. The NFLPA will never allow him to be on the roster and not on the field if he's healthy. The Houston Texans have zero interest in him playing another snap. Philadelphia, at some route, does. Now, is this, a, is this angling for compensation? Maybe. It's entirely possible. I don't know. Part of me feels like Houston would really want this, want him to come back. Houston would really like for him to stay around, but they know that's not going to happen because Deshaun's out. He's not having any part of it. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. Possibly. You're in the Sports Tank. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, God? Right you are. 
ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Hey, uh, were you shocked to, to find out that Greg Sankey, he's, he's going to have a job for a long time now? Stunner. <laughs> the commissioner of the SEC getting a contract extension through 2026. I wonder if that's going to be the same amount when he's basically the president of uh, NCAA football. Wonder if he'll get a pay raise when everybody else looks to him like, "Hey, Greg, what, what do we do now?" Right. We, just, we have three conferences. We, all, we just play each other. Is that what? We, okay. So if he owns it all, I mean, does he get to make more money than uh, Nick Saban? Do we get to pay him more for holding together the SEC and mm. expanding the SEC? No. No. Eight million dollars a year. It's too much. Too much for the leader. I I could care less how much Greg Sankey makes. Really, I don't. I don't care. You can tell me he made two hundred trillion dollars. I don't care. And it'd be worth it. I have never <laughs> in my life cared what anybody else made, except for your football players. No, I really don't care. They need to be under the salary cap. I mean, and there will be some that I look at and go, "That's a value." Right. Uh, some I'll look at and go, "You ever paid for that?" Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, make your money. I'm totally fine with that. It's one of the things that I always gristled at with these name, image, and likeness deals. I'm not trying to prevent these guys from making their money. I mm-hmm. can care less. If they can incentivize themselves, absolutely do that. But yeah, I don't. It does nothing for me. It's just, I keep going back to um, Mark Emmert. Yeah. Making $3 million you, a you year. Were, uh, you were in the wind over Mar- how much Mark Emmert made. And I went, didn't even r- ruffle my hair. Yeah. I could care less. $3 million a year for a guy who I don't feel like did a whole lot to earn it. Yeah, Roger can, Goodell's can, last ask was $40 million every year for the rest of his life and it. a private jet. Earned it. What? Because he didn't He didn't just drive it off a cliff? Yeah. Yosemite Sam could be the commissioner of the NFL. <laughs> it, it does not matter. Just, hey, you know those things we've always been doing? Mm-hmm. Let's keep doing that. Sound good? Okay, adjourn to next year. Nice. I mean, I think I think Roger Goodell is one of the best commissioners in sports. So I don't disagree with you. Okay, he's fine. I mean, he's worth a whole hell of a lot of money. Mark Ebert, on the other hand, not really worth the toilet paper you bought at the ah, at the grocery store. Disagree with you. There's way more that goes in, that goes into that, and he was dealt just a brutal hand. I did, however, think it's funny that they came out and said they would be expediting. Uh, the, these investigations into universities oh, will yeah. be investigated. We'll we'll be expediting those moving forward. Oh, cool. So you mean that'll be decided before all the people that actually did it are gone, or are we still going to keep doing that? No, they they have to do something now before they blow it up, and they can't do anything retroactively. I always laughed at it. USC got in trouble. Cool. Not one human that actually did something wrong was still in that program. Right. It's like, hey, you remember those guys you replaced? Well, we're going to punish you for what they did. No. Well, I mean, we're going Bad. on we're going on what three years now with all of these investigations into the pay for play basketball scandal, the Adidas scandal. It's three years. It's been a while. And just imagine it's about time for them to go. You know what? You guys keep dragging your feet on this. You gotta, you gotta do it. So yeah, that was the news that came out today that they were gonna, they were going to have the committee, the 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 what is it, the YARP, the Independent Whatever 
committee that is looking over these investigations that they can take the investigation that's already been done and not investigate more. They could take what all what the NCAA has already found out about this and start making rulings. Yeah, it's about time. Because Will Wade has about, uh, what was it, like 14 allegations against him? Something like that. For making offers to players or whatever. What, what did he say about Javante Smart? We made a real solid bleeping offer to Javante Smart. Oh, lo and behold, he ends up playing there. Hmm. Wonder how that how that happened. You got to speed up the, the the whole infractions investigations. It's the only way around it. The sports tag, just a bit outside. All right, here's the four one one, folks. I found out today that uh, RG3 is going to have a job moving forward. He's going to be picked up by ESPN to call college football games. Never thought about RG3 as a college football analyst. Does he have to run? No. Then he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> He's actually a really smart guy. I don't know if you've ever heard him talk. I haven't. That's he the, is a very bright guy. That's the just a bit outside thing for this for me is I don't know that I've ever heard him speak. Really? I mean, other than the Heisman year, and, you know, obviously I heard him give his Heisman speech and things like that, but nothing ever stuck out to me about it. Nothing nothing Robert Griffin III ever did made me think, he'd be a darn good analyst at he's some a, point. He's a very bright guy. I've heard him talk about a, a litany of things over the years, actually. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be a great analyst. This came across uh, while we were doing the morning show this morning. Yeah. And he's he may not be done with football. He's also considering, you know, taking some offers from football teams. I, I love interested. all these people that are like, Well, I'm gonna take this job, but if you know, if you want me to come back and play football, I can still do that. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, you need me to step in there? Would you like for me to be your QB one if you're not sold on Jalen Hurts? Yeah, that's that's my new official stance. I love doing radio, and I'm you know I'm officially uh, here with ESPN. But if a team needs a new GM, I am listening to calls. I Scout, feel, I do that too. I feel pretty I feel pretty secure in uh, in having this partnership. Yeah, I, I'm. It. You know, it's it's fine. Uh, I'm renting just in case. Right. I gotta be mobile. Uh, Andrew Marchand of the New York Post reported that in June, ESPN and Fox Sports were both blown away with Griffin's audition. And here we go. He could be working, I think they said uh, seven to eight games this year is what they would be looking to put him on with college football coverage. RG3, the next voice of college football. After a pandemic year, you would think that the 20% revenue drop in 2020 would have cost some NFL franchises, right? Uh, Yeah. Well, Forbes puts out their valuation of NFL teams the first day of the preseason every year. Which is today. Mm-hmm. Well, what percentage would you say franchises are down? Two percent. They're up fourteen. It's the biggest <laughs> spike ever. <laughs> it's 14%. the biggest spike in one year ever. And now, yes, it does have. It, I is think this, it has something to do with the media rights deals. I was going to say, is this actual valuation? Or, this is Forbes valuation. Okay, but is this is this speculative? 
or is this these are what all of the deals that they have signed and the and the you know the assessments on the stadiums and all of that does it take all of that bare bones accounting or is this if they sold today this is what they would probably sell for looking into the future it determines team forbes determines team value by looking at equity plus net debt and adding the economics which is basically non-NFL revenue that accrues to the team's owner okay. of the team stadium, but not the value of the stadium real estate itself. So it has nothing to do with the stadium. Okay. Who would you guess is the most valuable franchise in the NFL? It's the Dallas Cowboys. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Even without the stadium? Yeah. Wow. But now, But it's the real estate of the stadium. Because not every team owns the real estate, so it would be disproportionate. Gotcha. The non-football revenue that Jerry makes from the stadium, that still counts. Okay. So he, he doesn't get like an extra $2 billion because he's got the stadium, the stadium itself. Yeah. He probably does get an extra billion dollars because he sells the stadium out for events. Uh, yeah. And every big event that he can possibly shove in there. Uh, the Cowboys are valued at $6.5 billion. The New England Patriots are two at $5 billion. The New York Giants are third, which is weird to me. They're always up here. It's always weird to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, at $4.85 billion, the Rams are fourth, and the Washington football team is fifth to round out the top five. Really? Mm-hmm. The Washington football team kind of surprises me. The average team value is $3.48 billion. Care to take a guess at the who the lowest valued franchise is? Jacksonville Jaguars. Nope. Houston Texans. Nope. <laughs> Detroit Lions. Nope. Detroit's 31. Tennessee Titans. Mm-mm. Who did we just talk about wanting a new stadium? Who did we just talk about? Buffalo Bills. Oh, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $2.27 billion. They're over a billion dollars below the average evaluation for a team. Wow. If you don't think that Austin thing is real... Keep telling them you won't build them a stadium right. and see what happens. Right. I, if you remember, I, and I think it's funny that this story, the reason I told this in the segments, I literally just said this almost verbatim same thing on our morning show earlier this you week. Did. You uh, did. We got Buffalo's looking at the fact that they are $2 billion behind most of the teams in the NFL. And Terry is like, yeah, you know what? I like Buffalo. I can get used to Austin. Pagula. That's what I said. Oh, that's not what it sounded like you said. What would it sound like, Terry Peculiar? Because that's usually how it sounds something. when I say it. <laughs> something like that. I wish you would just say Caligula. I don't know what you said. Dragula. I don't. It, I've always told I say his name wrong too. Terry Chief Pagula. Chief Zach that comes in with us on Fridays and picks games and and a few other people that we know are big Bills fans. Yeah. Pagula. Pagula. I think is how you say Pagula. that. Pagula. I don't think it's Pegula or whatever you just said. It's Peg- then spell it that way. You want me to say it a different way? Spell it that way. Tecula? I, I don't know. Don't care. Yeah. Buffalo Bills at the bottom of the league as far as Forbes valuation goes. I really would like to see what every other sports franchises have done in the last calendar year. Yeah. Because I will bet you there is a market drop-off in every other sport. They only did the NFL in this one. This one this one isn't like the full list. of No, and Forbes, I think, helps. ESPN does the valuation list every year where they look at every franchise, but they wrap a lot of things into that. I would like to know just brass tacks, what are these franchises worth? 
I mean, I think it give, you, they give you a pretty good picture. I mean, with the stadium and everything included, would be $8 billion for the Dallas Cowboys to buy it outright and own everything. I don't it might be $10 billion. Uh, it's probably, I was about to say, I think you're low. <laughs> I think you're low. It could possibly be $10 billion because that would also not only include the, the you know Jerry World, it would also include the star, the big practice facility that they've got. The Forbes does do valuations on NBA teams, but they do it in February. And I, f- I feel like the full effect of 2020 was not felt. You know, the the Knicks were at $5 billion and the Lakers were 4.7, I think. I, I struggle to buy that. I struggle to believe that you got two NBA franchises that are worth more than all but one NFL team. Mm-hmm. You think it would be more? No. No, no. I would say that I, I think that valuation is too high. Oh, you think every NFL football team would be worth more than any basketball team? No. I would. Basically, it's just the... For me, it would probably be the Knicks, the Lakers, the Bulls, and the Celtics. The Warriors are currently at three, and I don't buy that. That's... That's a current narrative. That's a Steph Curry narrative. Well, they got the new stadium. That's fine. And you make revenue from all that. Right. I understand that. Right. You're $3 billion ahead of most of the other teams in the NBA. Okay. Let's see what happens when Steph retires. Okay. <laughs> the five teams I just said are literally a billion dollars ahead of every other team in the NBA. Right. The and Tillman are... Fratita in Houston, yeah, he owns his stadium too. Yeah, so. I was going to say the Hornets have to be way down on that list. I think the last time I saw an NBA list, they were somewhere like in the neighborhood of twenty-two. They're twenty-five. Yeah, one and a half billion dollars operating. In- That's what kills it. The operating income, the operating income of an average NBA team is at least on the bottom side of this list is in the thirty to forty million dollars range. Yeah. NFL teams, it's like $200 million. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it's ridiculous. You look at the comparison. I had somebody ask, this has been a long time ago now, but somebody asked me, would I rather fully own an NBA team or own a quarter of an NFL team? Quarter of an NFL team? 100%. I wouldn't even think about it. Right. I wouldn't think about it twice. I'd rather have the whole team. Not me. Yeah. That's fine. We have ten owners for all I care. Depending on who it is, I mean, while I'm, you know, while we're living in dream world here, let me be picky on which franchises you're going to give me. So, so you don't want to own the New Orleans Pelicans? Is that what you're trying yeah, to? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The New Orleans Pelicans would be in that. Uh, the Detroit Pistons, the Detroit Pistons, the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> Good luck, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> I just wouldn't. I wouldn't want it. Hornets, I would take. Just, I mean, it's my childhood team, and I'd love to, love to own them. But just for a point of reference, there are nine NBA teams, or excuse me, govern them. I guess I should say they're not. You can't call them owners anymore. I don't know. That's <laughs> there are nine NBA teams that are worth more than the than the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, the Rockets, the Nets, the Clippers, and the five teams I said earlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just shocking when you think about it. Because the NBA is really, the, I mean, it's the second biggest pro sports league. Yeah. Non-debatably. Mm-hmm. And you just see the discrepancy in the money is mind-boggling. Ooh, 
Ooh, do baseball. Uh, base, I've, I've done baseball before. Right. I mean, you got the Yankees, you got the Red Sox, you got the Dodgers. They're going to be up there. But then I have to imagine that you would have maybe half of Major League Baseball underneath the NBA teams and the last NFL team. It's actually about the same as the NBA. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay. You got the Yankees that are five point two billion, the Dodgers that are three point five, the Red Sox and the Cubs are right there, and the Giants are just behind them. Okay. And then you've got the Mets and the Cardinals that are actually worth more than the Bills. Everybody else is way down there. Right. It's not that shocking. Not that shocking no. at all. It's about exactly like you would think it would be. <laughs> Oh, man, did you see the story today about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers said that uh, throughout his whole decision-making process that he was in constant contact, or maybe not constant contact, but in routine contact with Jordan Love. No. That he would call him just on the reg, basically, to check in with him, see how he's doing, let him know where he stands right now. I would love to have been a fly on the wall on those conversations of Aaron Rodgers telling Jordan Love, don't get too excited. From where you're at. What do you think? He's just drunk down at like 11 under- o'clock at night. Like, you think you're actually going to start? <laughs> you are so bad at no, football. He was, he was saying that he said the same thing uh, in, in, an, in the interview with ESPN that he said in his press conference, basically, and every other interview that he had done throughout the process. He had no ill will or hard feelings or anything against Jordan Love himself. He said he loves the kid. But he just felt like it was his duty to stay in touch with him. Much the way Brett Favre did with him. And I didn't know that. I, th- I-, I thought that there was a standoffish relationship between Brett Favre and that Aaron was Rodgers. After. That was after. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I thought, oh, how nice of Aaron just to check in and tell Jordan, hey, don't get too comfortable where you're at. I still haven't made my decision yet. I could come back and this ain't your job. It was never his job. No. That was two stories that we talked about at nauseum, and I kept trying to tell people it's not ending any other way. It doesn't make sense for it to end any mm-hmm. other way. Mm-hmm. They're still putting out stories. There are still football media outlets that are still putting out stories about the destinations for Aaron Rodgers. I saw one earlier today. Like next year, Sure. Next year, I'll allow you to have that conversation. But as far as it goes for this year, this is this is done. They put out a video from Aaron Rodgers today at uh, training camp, by the way, where he threw a 50-yard bomb into a net in the corner of the end zone. And it made, I don't know, it made everybody just go, oh, thank God he's back. Because <laughs> he has incredible talent. That's still not as impressive as what uh, one of the backups for the Colts says he can do. What he say he could do? Uh, throw it goal line to goal line. That's that's aggressive. It's not even kind of true. <laughs> because when they asked him to do it, he went, nah, I can't. I can't. Uh, I, 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 my arm's a little sore. It's too close to the season, you know. I don't, I don't want to pull I can't up. remember what that kid's name is. It's, it's bugging me now. For the Colts? Jalen Morton. Jalen Morton. Who is that? He's one of the young backup quarterbacks for the Colts. Don't even. Yeah, he told he told uh, the media that he could throw it goal line to goal line. And then when they said, 
will go do it. He went, ah, oh, you know, the shoulder's a little sore. Maybe can't, tomorrow. Can't. They already put the footballs away. Maybe tomorrow. Sorry. I already <laughs> took my shorts off. Like, I'm in pants now. I got to be unencumbered. That's a heck of a statement to make. Longest ball I've ever seen in my life was 78 yards. Okay. That's the deepest throw I've ever seen is Jamarcus Russell. Right. Which is disgusting. Didn't they do one of those like fantasy football commercials with uh, RG3 where he threw it like 75 rows up into the stadium at some point? Oh, there was an old commercial with Michael Vick where he threw one out of the stadium. Maybe that was it. Maybe that's what I'm thinking Michael of. Michael Vick threw one out of the stadium, and people really thought he did that. And yeah. I went, have you ever been in an NFL stadium? That thing would have gone like 400 yards. Right. It's like the uh, like like the Tom Brady video that came out. Everybody got all excited, and I did too. But I knew it was fake when it came out. Didn't care. And then it was like a break the internet moment where they're like, "Oh, can you believe that some video editor put this out?" Uh, no, because when the when Brady put the video out, he tagged the dude who did it, and the dude who did it works for a CGI company. If you didn't know. Then, then you I weren't paying attention. Right, exactly. I can't really help you out with that. I do love those videos, though. I would love to see another round of those. Because those, those were fantastic in the early NFL fantasy football days when they had just figured out, oh, wait, everybody else does fantasy football. Maybe we should, too. Of course, they haven't really revamped their websites or anything since then. But I loved all of those videos. Marshawn Lynch jumping through the through the car windows. You don't remember those? No. Really? I don't watch. I, I don't watch a lot of television. <laughs> if you watch a lot of football games, I and did, they played them constantly. Yeah, and I watch Red Zone. Red Zone's my favorite channel. I think these might have predated Red Zone even. Quad box. Car. I can't wait. It's like five weeks from now. Uh-huh. So excited. Guess what? We got football tonight. I know. We got the Hall of Fame game coming up tonight. Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're gonna we're gonna get to learn some things tonight. Like what's that backup quarterback situation gonna look like for the Pittsburgh Steelers? It's gonna be Mason Rudolph for one series and then hi. Hey, remember Dwayne Haskins? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's in the NFL. Well, I mean, he could he could win the second job tonight no, if he he's can't. being as good as no, everybody says can't. in camp. Yeah, he could. No, he can't. Ugh, it drives me crazy when you overreact to things. What? There is no shot. He is not the third quarterback on this team. You got one guy that started what 10, 15 games in the league, but yeah, we're Dwayne has. You remember the guy that got blown out in Washington in an hour? Yeah, that one. No shot. He could make the roster tonight, which would be much better than I thought he was going to do. Oh, you didn't even think he was going to? I didn't think he would make it to this point if I was being really nice. Some of the stories I've heard about him in Washington, Mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't buy it in the least. There have been a lot of reports that Dwayne Haskins looked really good in camp. Mike Tomlin was talking about him yesterday saying, we actually believe that we got something for nothing. And that we could, he he may have a, a, a big role on this team moving forward. I mean, I I already like him better than Mason Rudolph, so. What? 
You keep acting like Mason Rudolph is good, and he's not. Uh, he's better than you play him off to be. I never said he was good. He ain't much better than Duck Hodges, and where's he at now? Uh, he's back up for the Rams. <laughs> there you go. Mason Rudolph's fine. He's a fine NFL backup quarterback. <laughs> Do you want him starting games for you? No. No. He's fine. You're the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. We got green on green tonight. Yes, we get it's the first preseason game of the season, but, you know, if you can make some money, you can make some money. Jeremy's going to tell you how coming up next. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. Coffee's for closers only. Get them the money! That way you get the money. You get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then we get the power, then you get the work. Man, it feels good to hear that again. I feel like I haven't wagered on anything in a very long time. The NFL Hall of Fame game tonight, Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. Cowboys are a two-point dog tonight, and that's wrong. Dallas is going to win this game, and I'll tell you why. I heard, I don't can't remember the guy's name. I heard somebody on ESPN earlier talking about this. The preseason is one of the easiest things in the world to bet on because there's about three things you need to know. Nobody ever scores points, ever. The over-under is 31 and a half. Wow. And I'll take the under, aggressively. <laughs> Nobody ever scores points. The last five times we've had this game, I think the most points combined was like 40. Really? Tonight you're going to have Garrett Gilbert and Dwayne Haskins it's just going to be a lot of functional football. There will be a lot of very little movement. It's going to be ugly. It always is. But one of the things that you always need to look at when you're looking at preseason games, who needs this moral victory more? It's Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys. And it's yeah. not even close. Yeah. you got Mike Tomlin. Everything's It's business as usual for the Steelers. The Cowboys need a moral victory. I think they're going to come out. I would say the final score of this game is probably 17-7. to 7. It's not going to be pretty football, but it's going to be football. And you know what that means? It's better than no football at all. I will take the Dallas Cowboys tonight, plus the two. I'll take them in the money line to win outright, and I'll go under 31 and a half. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. The question is, how much do the starters play? We already know that the quarterbacks are not going to start. I don't think there's, I like half the starters for the Cowboys didn't even make the trip. You may not see a starter in this game, and that's not abnormal. Right. A lot of people lost their minds when, when oh, Dak's not traveling. That means the shoulders. No, it doesn't. No. It means he was never going to play. It means like I said use. yesterday, with all the protocols and all the things, yeah, you know, it's just where it is. The only reason for Dak Prescott to make that trip is for him to hang around for the weekend and watch the ceremonies. That would be the only reason to go. You know you're not going to play even if you make that trip. I have never watched a Hall of Fame ceremony ever. Really? Mm-mm. I've watched one speech. It was Curtis Martin, and I got a little and I got a little wispy mm-hmm. because he's my favorite player of all time. Right. 
I've, wa- that, nah. I've watched every time one of my players has gone into the Hall of Fame, well, and I will be watching again this week. Well, here's the thing. So have I. <laughs> that was the only that, one. That's about all I got. <laughs> uh, we've got, so Hall of Fame game tonight. I was wrong. I thought the concert was going to kick off everything. It's going to close everything on Monday. So Monday night is going to be the uh, the, the so concert for legends. Jimmy yeah. Allen is literally going to leave here and go to Canton. That's right. To be there for the Hall of Fame. Festivities. That is right. So on Monday night will be the concert with Jimmy Allen, who's going to be at Silverado's this weekend. Get your tickets right now at silverado'swnc.com. Brad Paisley, Leonard Skinner. You're going to have the Hall of Fame game tonight. Then you're going to have the gold jackets are going to get presented to both classes at some ceremony tomorrow. And then the actual speeches are going to come on Saturday and Sunday. They're going to do the centennial class from last year on Saturday. The 2021 class will be on Sunday. And I will be watching for my man John Lynch to give his speech. Much deserved. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm... I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green is live here on ESPN Asheville and... We are, as always, brought to you the second hour by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing, drink different. Yes, football is back in action tonight with the Hall of Fame game, Steelers and the Cowboys. We're, we're so excited to have some form of football back on, even if it's not going to be the high-flying starting offenses going at each other. <laughs> We're just glad to have some semblance of football back. The Hall of Fame ceremony is coming up this weekend. I'm sorry, Jeremy, that you're not you're not excited. You don't you don't you don't take anything from the pageantry of the Hall of Fame. I don't take anything from the pageantry of anything. I just don't care. <laughs> I like I look at the list and go, yeah, those guys are Hall of Famers. Good for them, right? I don't need. To, I don't care. I don't care. They, they pull the the blanket off the the bust, and it's like, yeah, look at that's my face. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be face. here forever. It's my head, and it's bronze, <laughs> sweet. I get this sweet mustard jacket. I do. I, awesome. I, first off, the jackets are hideous. Stop the jacket, it with the color. The jacket is the coolest part of the ceremony. It's not even close. Why? Because the jackets are awesome. No, they're not. They're hundred percent awesome. They're awful. Yeah. No, they're not. It's the worst color. Yeah. I mean, if it, was gold, if it was actually gold, like if it was a like a metallic gold, like lounge singer jacket from the nineteen, what do you want him to look like, Prince? Yeah, I, no, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> this is why no one has ever asked you for fashion advice ever. No, they haven't. Hey, you know what would make these uh, less than attractive jackets better if you made them shiny? Tremendous. Yeah, I, I just, just don't. I, I've never been into the. I've never been into the Hall of Fame things. Oh, the I speeches am. and the. I mean, yeah, it's. I, I. It's cool that you got into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I don't really need to hear your speech on. I, I. 
on how you overcame the struggles of your life and the different things that you went through and none of that matters. You, or you don't you just don't care about the ancillary story. It's just it's never I mean I like the stories. But you know I don't know. To me, it's just something like, like when Warren Sapp went into the Hall of Fame, and you see the quarterback killer up there crying his eyes out, saying to his mama, "Mama, we did it." To me, that's that's mm. must see TV. Me, you know, it's, I'm good. <laughs> Ray Lewis, Ray Lewis's Hall of Fame speech was one of the greatest of all time. Uh, see, now at, at this point, I am in my full preseason ritual that i do every year okay what's that i'm re-watching the league from beginning oh to end i do that every year that's how you prepare for your fantasy football no that's how i pre- prepare for football period because it's ah. the greatest show ever made oh. if you've never seen it netflix hulu they all have it mm-hmm. the league it was good for three seasons so and then l- you can drop it stop talking you <laughs> stop talking it's the closest you've ever gotten me to swearing on this show because i about i about said something ugly because I think that's that all. Se- I- that show was seven seasons of pure greatness. I think that's all I could get through. At, at some point, it became more about the about the dirty jokes than it did about you know mixing in fantasy football once in a while. And I thought that's supposed to be the whole thing of the league is that you're talking about football. Like the first three seasons, they had like cameos from NFL players. They and had all that. cameos for and the then, entire. And thing. then that all it, it just it just took a back seat. They had cameos for the entire thing. Oh, I'm sure they did. But to me, it just all of that took a back seat to how gross can we be? It was a fantastic show with the Nicole gross out hour. And I'm sorry it hurt your your sensibilities. It didn't hurt my sensibilities. It just you lost the you lost the premise of the show. You got too dirty, Randy, on me, and I wanted I don't know Ronnie Bomb. <laughs> I've always said I was going to someday find a reason to do that on this show, Ravi. That's what it was. It. Dirty Randy was his friend. That was yes. Seth Rogen yes. played that character. Seth Rogen, and I, I can't remember the guy that played Rafi's name, but no. that show was tremendous. I, I can't believe you didn't like that show. As much as you I like did. fantasy football, I can't I believe you didn't I absolutely like it. loved the show for three seasons. Uh, you and should have loved it for every episode. Through the fourth, like midway through the fourth season, I went, I, this is just too stupid. I can't do it anymore. I'm not going to invest an hour of my week every week to watch this any longer. This is coming from a man who has invested his time watching movies about a gold vacuum cleaner, a beeping trash can, and a space pair. Star Wars is 50 times better than the League, and you will never convince me otherwise. And that's fine. In every argument, there is someone who is right and someone who is wrong. (laughs) And in this one, you are wrong. Star Wars, cinematic gold. All I have to do is invest two hours of my time. That is 119 minutes too many for a space bear. Uh-huh. I'm out. <laughs> I still want us to do that bit where you explain movies to me badly. Poorly, yeah. It'll, it'll happen at some point. You know, we should do that in the morning on the sportsocracy. I think it's a tremendous idea. Tomorrow morning? This has been without a doubt. Like I, I swear to you, I think I've done nothing but work and sleep all week long. Yeah. So tomorrow, you know what? We just blow it out. Like, hey, you know what you can talk about preseason football? Or, or. <laughs> Poorly described films. I think it's a that you have to idea. guess what it is. I think it's a tremendous idea. Uh-huh. 
Of course you do, because you don't have to come up with the explanations. <laughs> no. I have to guess what they are. And then people have to realize that I've seen like nine movies in my entire life. Still haven't seen Ghostbusters, have you? <laughs> no. Gosh. And I'm not going to watch the new one either. I, hope, I probably oh, there's, oh, there's a great, at the end, Dan Aykroyd says, we're closed. Stop. <laughs> Did you just ruin the ending of the movie for everybody? I didn't. It's, it's in the trailer, oh, it's so the if trailer. they ruin the movie, then yeah, you blame whoever made the movie. <laughs> I didn't. I just saw it and went, oh, so that whole reboot of Ghostbusters with women didn't work. Let's do it with kids this time. That'll be great. What's funny is you've said that now to me twice, yeah. and I didn't even notice it was children. And I've seen that trailer. That trailer is playing on Hulu right now. I don't know how much they paid for that spot, but they are getting their the money's, money's worth. Because I've seen it about 9,000 times. I mean, that's the whole premise of the movie. Is like e- Egon's grandson goes to his family farm where Egon moved the, the thing that keeps all the ghosts. Mm-hmm. And you lost me at Egon. I'm out. That has very, that sounds alien to me, so I'm I'm out. <laughs> he was one of the Ghostbusters. Aliens, zombies, ghosts, all those that vampires. Oh, you try to yeah. sell me on something with a vampire in it? Oh, I will walk away mid sentence. Really? I won't even let you finish the sentence. So there's this vampire. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and I may not even say bye. I might just walk away midstream. <laughs> nope. No, you won't. You will not corrupt my ears with that vampire talk. Why? Because you're afraid of them? or No, because they're not real. Like being afraid of a bird. <laughs> also not real. <laughs> but you are afraid of birds. Terrified. Okay, they see the inconsistency. You were you were going on about my inconsistency this morning. Mm-hmm. Your inconsistency is baff- baffling to me. Yeah, as but well. there's actually birds. I can see them. They're out there recharging on the power lines right now. Uh-huh. Hashtag birds aren't real. Jeez. So not only do we have football starting tonight, but we also have, I can't get off this story. Philip Rivers says he wants to come back at the end of the season. What? Who cares? First of all, who would My, call him? What? How bad would something okay. have to go for you to call him? Really? How you're bad about to say that you're to about go? to say the Colts. I know what you're going to say. Uh-huh. You do realize if Carson Wentz does not play, the last thing they need is Phillip Rivers. Because he already said he wouldn't come back until December. Of course. Well, They'll be 2-10 and 10 by then. Right. He's not coming back until after the high school football season because he's committed to, to his new job as a high school football coach. Their last game is on October the 29th. And he said he'd, he'd be willing to listen to phone calls after that. But you don't know. I mean, a late-season injury to a quarterback, Phillip Rivers is the guy that you could bring in and feel okay about him being the backup. Yeah, when you're 2-10, and ten, I don't think you care. If they trot out Jacob Beeson, it's not going to go well. I'm actually thinking more along the lines of your beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. So why would you bring in a guy that doesn't know the system? That's one of those stories that became a story because people wanted it to be a story. Uh-huh. Because I think any, any team would look at it and go, yep, that's better than Mason Rudolph. Not, not if he doesn't know the system. We've done, How many times have we done that? Oh, we'll bring in this guy because he's more talented. Cool, he doesn't know how to call the plays? That's a problem. And you're not going to figure that out in two weeks. Right. I feel like it could be a path for anybody. Late in the season, I would much rather have Phillip Rivers out there than... Duck Hodges 
if I'm the LA Rams and something happens to Matt Stafford. Oh, they wouldn't have they, they wouldn't have Duck Hodges. I think Doug Hodges is a three. John Wolford. John Wolford, that's right. John Wolford is the backup. Uh, I think it's uh, I I think it's a decent possibility for, for teams. I I do not. I think that's one of those I, I think I've never in my life met somebody that I always wondered like these clickbaity articles. Who who are me. they pandering that's to? That's me. Found him. Yep. Me. Because I read them and go. There was one earlier today. Six trades we'd love to see in the NFL before the season. And I went, I'll bet you I could call out half of those before I even read this. Aaron Rodgers. And I didn't know. But Nick Foles was one of them. Yeah. Why? Why? If you're going to go get a quarterback, why wouldn't it be Gardner Minshew? Or Marcus Mariota? For the Indianapolis Colts? Yeah. Uh, Because... There you go. And use the argument that you just used with Phil, mm-hmm. against Philip Rivers. He knows the system. Well, the difference is I got five weeks to teach you the system now. Season doesn't start for five weeks. In five weeks, I can do a lot. Here's what I can't do. There's not a plug in Indianapolis that I can plug Nick Foles into that turns him into a talented NFL quarterback. That doesn't exist. And Melvin Gordon, that was another one. Yeah. Oh, Melvin... Have you heard any stories about Melvin Gordon out of out of Denver? No. If you're if you're taking Javante Williams, you're doing it wrong. If you're taking him in fantasy drafts, you have officially done it wrong. Really? Because Denver is going to run him into the ground. Oh, Melvin Gordon. He's a free agent after this year. Yeah. They will run him until they cannot run him anymore. Get all you can out of it. We're not quite to doing fantasy football on this show yet, but let me give you a solid piece of advice if you have drafts this weekend. That point where you go. Should I take Melvin Gordon or should I take, oh, I don't know, the third string running back for the Ravens? Yeah, it's Melvin Gordon. Yeah. You said I'm too focused on on these narrative stories. It's the one thing that I can I can try to cling on to without having to talk about the damn coronavirus. Oh, I just, I'm refusing to. I am too. That's why I'm trying to go, uh, well, Philip Rivers says he wants to come back. Let's talk about that. I've heard the word virus today, I think, 714,000 times. Right. Jimmy Graham's upset because he feels like he was forced to get the coronavirus vaccine, and now the NFLPA says they want to test all vaccinated players every every day or something like Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Okay. Let's move on. I don't of want which, to talk about uh, it. Of which people like me look at that and go, then what exactly was the point of the vaccine if we have to keep doing it? Like, I, I'm missing the point here. And that's how Jimmy Graham feels. Yeah. And I can't blame him for it. Ben, Benjamin Watson was just on outside the lines right before I walked in here. Yeah. Talking about the players' union is not loving this. They are not loving this moving you know, moving target of virus protocols and things like that. And I'll be honest with you, I understand it. Mm -hmm. And if I have learned anything in the last, oh, I don't know, when do we start doing this? 18 months? Mm -hmm. We've been doing virus things now for about 18 months, right? It feels like it. If I have learned anything, it's that nobody changes their opinion on anything ever. No. Ever. You just you just congregate with people that will speak your opinion out of their mouth, and you go, now these are our friends. We are friends because we believe exactly the same things. And I am so sick of that, I cannot think straight. <laughs> uh, Urban Meyer is now making uh, making decisions on the roster oh, I've with sucked. one-on-one drills. Oh, I was going to bring this up in the next segment. 
if you need a, a confirmation of how bad this Jacksonville thing is going to go, they're literally having one-on-one blocking mm. contest. Yep. And screaming out the the winner over a loudspeaker. Yep. Chris Manhurts and Tim Tebow blocking each other. And he actually said, drill. when we go to cut down the roster, we're going to look at that. You know what my immediate thought on that was? What? Tony Khan. Tony and Chad Khan, they, they're the only pro wrestling outfit that I've ever seen that has win-loss records for the wrestlers. Yep, that's weird because you own the team and you own that weird pro wrestling thing. Great. Winner man hurt. So you're telling me now you have win-loss records for something that absolutely does not matter? How Jacksonville Jaguars is that? Yeah, apparently Tim Tebow and uh, Chris Manhurt's one-on-one drills ended in a in a, in a two-two tie. That's what I gathered from the story I read earlier today. It's just it's so it's so bush league that it's funny. Everything that happens there has become comical. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and just since since you mentioned that, I'll mention this too. Yeah, did you happen to see the tweet that came out from Cincinnati Bengals camp yesterday? Oh, about that how Joe bad Burrow the looked like he was, was. Yeah, that Joe Burrow looked like he was trying to throw in the middle of rush hour traffic in the middle of eighty five. Mm-hmm. Weird. Somebody tried to tell you that. If only you could possibly have drafted a possible generational tackle. <laughs> right. If only you could have done that. Uh huh. I can't remember exactly what the tweet said. I know I put it up on our social media. You did. Because as soon as I saw it, I went, <laughs> that's just that. Can I already say I'm right, or do I have to actually wait until people see this? Right. No, I mean, it was it was something along those lines of, of the backfield is so crowded on every play that Joe Burrow's having a tough time looking good, basically, in practice. Uh, yeah, we tried to tell no you that. No kidding. I mean, when you decided to go with, uh, you know, wide receiver one, Jamar Chase, I just kept responding to all of those tweets with pictures of the scar on Joe Burrow's knee. Like, why would you make that decision? It does it not is. make sense. It's from Gerard Evans, works for Pro Football Focus. The pass rush continued to break through the offensive line and put pressure on Joe Burrow. And nearly every pass that wasn't wildly off the mark was heavily contested, if not broken up or intercepted. Hmm. Well, it just shows how good our defense is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what every Cincinnati Bengal fan is is trying to tell themselves right now. Oh yeah, it's it's like this. This is not that hard. Our defense like, why, is so good. Like, why do these teams make this so hard? It's just not. I look. I am not the smartest guy. I'm really not. However, going into the draft, I feel like that shouldn't be that difficult. Hey, our quarterback looked like he was playing a live-action version of Frogger. Maybe we don't need another wide receiver at five. Right. But they played together in college. Tremendous. Tremendous. There's a lot of upside there. Maybe they can rehab together when they look like Dewey Cox's little brother five weeks into the oh, year. Oh, no. Cut him and right in half. Cut right in half. <laughs> the worst case of getting cut in half real bad I've ever seen. If they, As they say, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. <laughs> it's, just, it's, so, it's so funny to me going into the season. There is absolutely not one team in this league that I don't feel like I have a really good grasp on. Right. I mean, do you? I mean, I feel like there could be surprises, but for the most part, no. I feel like you. I, I feel like I know who these teams are. Yeah. 
I feel like going into the season, right. this is the most predictable NFL season ever. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, I would. I would. Oh, let's, do, let's do that. After the break, okay. you name a team, I'll give you one sentence off the top of my head, and I promise you it is so spot on. That, and we can mark this tape, go back and look at it in February. Okay. I'll give you one line. It might have a comma in it. There was always the Colin Cowherd game of, I'll give you five words. Okay, I'm yeah. not going to do that off the top of my head, but right. I'll give you one sentence on any team you name me. All right. We'll do that coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Football kicking off tonight with the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers. We're just a couple hours away from kickoff of the 2021 season. Going into this season, Jeremy thinks he's got everybody pegged. Because of course he does. Because he thinks he knows everything. And there's no surprises going to come up in this 2021 season. Because why, why would it? Because the all-knowing, all-seeing eyes of Mr. Green they don't call are me, infallible. They don't call me Flostradamus for nothing. <laughs> so we're going to put your Flostradamus-ness to the test. Did I tell you I tried to buy that Twitter handle and he would not sell it to me? I didn't even know that was actually a Twitter handle. Dude has like six followers. I tried to buy it and he told me to go fly a kite. Really? How Literally, much you offer him? Enough. More than I should have. Oh my goodness. That's what like, would you pay for a Twitter handle? It's like, uh, zero. It's like, how about I just spell it a different way? This yeah. is this is much, this is really easy to get away from. Right. So. Uh, spell it without a W. Flow. I, I think it was without a W. If well, I'm then put honest. the W in it as it should be spelled and move on. I I like the baby version better. <laughs> <laughs> the ginger ninja is that taken? Uh, I hadn't looked at. I hadn't looked the ginger that avenger. I mean, any of these would work. Just saying. I'm in. All right, prognostications from Mr. Flostradamus himself. The mullet man. Give me the one-sentence prognostication for the Denver Broncos. Gosh, he just, I mean, we're we're going right into it. I spaced completely. (laughs) I got an email right as you said that, and I, yep. Yeah. Yes. The Denver Broncos. Uh, Team's pretty good, but it's a fast car with no driver. You have no quarterback. The Cleveland Browns. See above. See above. Same sentence. I knew it was going to happen. That was exactly what See previous be. inquiry. I mean, both those teams are the exact same team. Yeah. We had an argument in our power ranking segment on, on the morning show this morning because you've got Cleveland in the top eight or something like yes. that. Yes. And I said, look at every other team on the screen. What do they all have in common? Good quarterbacks. The worst quarterback on that list outside of Baker Mayfield was Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, of which on physical talent, Trey Lance is astronomically better than Baker Mayfield. Agreed. And Jimmy Garoppolo has been to a Super Bowl. Uh huh. Other than that, it was like Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom or uh, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. It's like, how are you not seeing this? <laughs> Because I believe it's possible for a team to win without having the slammer 
Quarterback. Name me one. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. You mean the guy 20 were, years ago? Uh, oh, okay. When I was 12? <laughs> yeah. I don't think that counts. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 20 years ago. I went and picked up a, a slice of pizza at uh, one of my favorite places. Give them a free plug here. Favillas. Went into Favillas earlier today and got me a slice. And the guy said, I'm wearing my white John Lynch jersey. He goes, how long have you had that jersey? 20 years? I said, no, not quite 20 years. It's been 18. Super Bowl year. This is what I got the, the John Lynch jersey. But, again, Hall of Fame week. I got to wear it. I've gotten more comments today from random people about my John Lynch jersey than I think I ever have before. Anyhow, I get your points on both of the teams, but to me, their their paths are are a little different because I don't put Denver anywhere near Cleveland's class. Do you? That's and I'm glad you used those two first. We did not plan that, uh-huh. but. I look at Denver and go, you know what? The pieces around Drew Locke are equivalent to what Cleveland that. I don't. Where are they markedly better? Secondary? You're, uh, I don't agree with you. Markedly better? Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams versus Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I don't think that's markedly different. I think it's markedly different. I would say Denver has one of the five best Tandems of running backs in the league? Uh-huh. I want to say higher than that. Right. Yeah, it's not markedly different. Okay. I'll I'll disagree. I mean the the receivers seem very the receivers pretty even. Denver wins and it's not all that close. I don't agree. Would you rather have Noah Fant or Austin Hooper? It's Noah Fant by a lot. Yeah, I guess, but I wasn't thinking about tight ends. I was thinking about the receivers. You got Odell Beckham Jr. coming who's back. Who's been a head case and has been right, hurt. Right. Pair him up against Cortland Sutton, Cortland who's Sutton coming healthy. off the ACL. If Cortland Sutton's healthy and he doesn't look like the bad in-and-out-of-breaks receiver that I saw in film, then I would. I, I like Cortland Sutton as a talent better than I like Odell Beckham. I don't know that and I if you get to Jerry that. Judy and Jarvis Landry, it's not even close. This is Jerry Judy. 100%. 100%. And KJ Hamler's the three, and you get Rashard Higgins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm st- t- hashtag Team Denver. <laughs> See, that's one of the things that's funny. I'm very down on Denver. Yeah. You're high on them. Yeah. I'm very down on Cleveland. You're high on them. And I see these two teams as borderline the exact same. Baker is marginally better than Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Okay. And that marginal difference puts them at, I think they were 12 for me. Mm-hmm. And Denver was 22. That's the discrepancy. I don't really, I mean, there are some similarities. Don't get me wrong. I, you'd a lot be, of you'd them. have to be a blind man to see, to not see the similarities, but I just think their, their, their projections are a little bit different between the two teams. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. And today's weird news comes to us from the lovely tr- metropolis of Charlotte, Charlotte, North Carolina. There has been another deadly crash on a railroad crossing in South Charlotte. Two people died yesterday, or excuse me, Tuesday morning. Uh, when 
a Lynx light rail train struck the two of them. Police say that Pablo Tiquerum Us and Jose Tiquerum Us were both walking north on the southbound tracks when the train hit the two of them. Uh, it was around 5 a.m. in the morning on Tuesday. Both victims were conducting a memorial for Balthazar Us, who was killed by a cat's light rail train in that same location last week while driving impaired. These guys were not in a car. They were just walking on the railroad tracks. And lo and behold, CMPD says that they suspect that alcohol impairment is a contributing factor for the two pedestrians. So uh, their friend got killed in a car crash at the same intersection last week driving a car over the railroad tracks when the light train was coming through. These guys decided to memorialize him by getting drunk and walking the wrong way on the railroad tracks, and now they are dead as well. Be very, very careful, folks, around railroads. And railroad crossings. I know we don't have to deal with that here in the mountains. We don't have light rails around here. But especially like in the Charlotte area where you do have light rail, those trains don't, they're not normal trains. They don't sound like normal trains. They don't, you can't hear them coming from a mile away. Yes, they do have horns, but by the time they see you, they cannot slow down. Heard those PSAs running on these stations? Of course you have, because I loaded them up probably once every two months. When I was working in the news department here, be very careful. Do not try to drive around railroad uh, crossings and things like that. It's it's for your own safety. Just the idiocy, the idiocy of it. I usually don't tell sports stories in this segment. This <laughs> yeah. one's so stupid that I absolutely had to tell <laughs> okay. it in the segment. The Cleveland Indians recently changed their name to the Cleveland Guardians. Yes. And I don't think any of us felt all warm and fuzzy about that name, but it's fine. It's PC. It's all the things. Mm-hmm. Well, there's there's only there's one problem with the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, that name's already taken. There already is a Cleveland Guardians. Yep. yep. And they didn't clear it with them before they did this. They also didn't buy the copyright to it. And the men's roller derby team, the Cleveland Guardians, they did buy the the copyright to it. So now we have a little bit of a problem. Yep. So the Cleveland baseball franchise, as they will for from here on out be referred to, now has to go to court to settle with a federal judge that their infringement on the Cleveland Guardians is not going to affect them in any way. Here's how this is going to work, and it is comical to me that you would do How in the world... Did you get this far down the path? You do all of these social media hits, and you have the, we are the Guardians of Cleveland. And nobody ever went, hey, does somebody own that? Because I feel like somebody could own that. Should we call them? Maybe offer a little money? Nothing? We're just going to do it. Okay. Okay. We'll just just roll with it. Why not? Uh, We're a Major League Baseball team. This is why not. We're a Major League Baseball team. We're going to win this fight. Mm, In federal court? No, they won't. This entity has operated as a legal entity and sold merchandise for four years. Mm-hmm. If they take this to court, they will lose. Now there's a way away from that because the Cleveland baseball team obviously has markedly more money than a men's roller derby team does. Indeed. You go, it, it, another reference to the league. This is kind of like when Taco bought DallasCowboys.com <laughs> and Jerry Jones gave him $250,000 and said, hey, how about you go away now? Yeah. That's exactly what they're going to end up having to do. Of course. But you cost yourself what will probably amount to, it'll probably be about that. 
I'd say it'd be a quarter of a million dollars. That's a drop in the bucket for them. Mm, it's not a drop in the bucket. It's a very stupid oversight, and it's one that I, I've never personally seen this before. I've seen a lot of teams change names. I've never seen one that didn't right. think to check the copyright. Teams don't copyright their logos often. That's not the problem. Now you're into like copyright law and all of these things, and it doesn't matter who you are and who they are. Mm-hmm. It matters that they have had this brand they have sold merchandise, used this as a commercial operation, and you basically just swooped in and went, don't care, didn't make a call. Mm-hmm. Nope, that won't work. And we can make it go away. And they will. Of course they will. But I think it's comical that you would be that stupid. Of course it is. Yeah, you weren't here uh, You weren't here when I did that story with Brian last week. It was just unfortunate timing. The Kansas City Chiefs. They are next up on your prognostication list. Give me the give, give me the Kansas City Chiefs one liner. They're going to score easy. a lot of points. Hope the defense is marginally better. The offensive line is going to be better. I don't even think that's a that, that's not even enough a question mark that I had to include it. New York Giants. Uh, Danny, not so many dimes. I don't mind that team around him. Uh huh. The chaos around it's starting to bother me. The Kadarius Tony, you have a brawl for all in the middle of your practice, and then your coach. It, it just there's all these things I look at and go, man, that's a lot of red flags. No, that's like the girl at the. It's like meeting the girl at the bar, and she's doing shots at two o'clock in the afternoon. You're like, I feel like maybe this is. I I feel like somebody's trying to tell me something. <laughs> And if I don't listen, that's on me. Right. That's kind of how I feel about the New York Giants. Okay. Now, first of all, I have been that. So, no judgment. Just what? saying. Taking shots in the bar at 2 o'clock in the afternoon 100%. or hitting on the girl that's taking shots in the bar at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? No, oh, both. I, I, both. Yeah, the man all, said both. Give him both. Yeah. All, <laughs> all, all of the above. <laughs> Were you at least on vacation? No. Yeah, I mean, you would, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? You would, you would. I would think this is like, you know, during March Madness would be the only way that you're in a bar at 2 o'clock in the afternoon slamming down shots. Again, you'd like to think that, wouldn't you? Lo and behold, it was on your lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it wasn't working with this corporation, so no. thankfully. No. Some previous stops may have not gotten a hundred percent of my effort a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> and who's shocked by that? Here's one that we have gone back and forth on: Minnesota Vikings. Because this is one of the teams to me that I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to see from the Minnesota Vikings. It could be really good. It could just be another mediocre finish. The pass rush will be markedly better, and the offense is going to be really dynamic. Minnesota's the team that I've probably changed my mind on the most over the course of the last two or three months. Right. I mean, and this goes all the way back to the draft. And it's just, a for them, it's almost like a puzzle. It's like a 20-piece puzzle if you've done just a bunch of things here that they all stream in the same direction. Just Christian Derisaw. I would not have loved Christian Derisaw on practically any other team, except for the fact you have one of the best run by, running backs in the league that's going to be running behind him. Well, the drawback on him was that I don't know how well he's going to get back into sets as a pass blocker. Well, how do you get away from that? 
you get the ball out really quickly. And you've got Adam Thielen and Irv Smith and Justin Jefferson to do that. And it's it's a lot of things like that where I look at this team and go, they're better than people think. That's one of my favorite futures bets is the Minnesota Vikings win-loss total. What is it at currently? Eight and a half? Let me look. Because I think that's... I think that's where I would put it if I was setting the line on them. Because I think this could be, at best, an 11-win team. It's up to nine. And at worst, they could be seven. It's up to nine. Mm -hmm. I liked it better. I mean, it's been as low as seven and a half. I'm okay with it at eight because I think they wind up about nine and eight, ten and seven. Okay. I would definitely be uh, leaning toward the over if that was the case. If you were going to put it at eight, eight, eight and a half. You could get it at eight and a half right now. The consensus is nine, but you can get it lower. The New Orleans Saints. <sighs> Kamara needs to run for 3,000 yards. <laughs> they just have no weapons. Right. I mean, it's pitiful how bad the weapons on this team are. I mean, they have Michael Thomas. He'll be out for four weeks. Maybe. Yeah. I've heard it could be half the season on him. And you look at the schedule, you could be... There are several teams that are counting... And by several, I mean the Colts and the Saints are the two that I can specifically think of. You're counting on guys to come back that if they're gone half the year, you could be two and six by the time they come back. Right. And then why? What's the purpose? You're not going to reel off nine wins in a row. Best case scenario, at that point, you go eight and nine. And why would you risk a re-injury on a guy that's so important to your franchise? Yeah. I don't know. For me, the New Orleans Saints, mine would be live with Jameis and die with Taysom. That would be my headline for them because I think this team is going to be markedly better if it's Jameis Winston taking the snaps than they will be if it's Taysom Hill. I will say if if Jameis has to run through a tackling course, <laughs> I knew that was going to come up. I don't like his chances. How did I not know that was going to come up? If you haven't seen that video, he it's runs through one of those. Great. The, the I don't even know what those things are called. Yeah, I don't either. It's the big, it's the big cage that has yeah. all of the different, uh, all of the dummies attached to it, and they spring back and forth. And he's trying to run through these six dummies, and he hits the first one and stumbles, and then just kind of squeezes his way through the rest of them. After you've already seen a train of guys just go, just run through it like it's nothing, and then Jameis is. You know, he's like that little freshman on the football team that just couldn't get through the the cut. We didn't have uh we had one of those at my high school, but it was it, it was not like big full pads. It was the little hard yeah, uh orange cone thingies that would, you know, slap you in the face and give you a bloody nose if you wasn't really paying attention all that well. It would just go right through the you know, the eye holes on your <laughs> on your helmet it didn't look i mean Jameis, he's one of those guys that i think I, the product on the field in actual game time actually looks better than he does in practice because i've seen a lot of these videos he he is the biggest punching bag right now in the nfl when it comes to these preseason videos i think i've seen four of them already that are like look at what Jameis is doing like there was one where he had a trainer like hitting him, slapping him with like UFC training mitts. gloves, yeah, training mitts, which was dumb. 
And then he had the other one where he was flapping the towel. Yeah, his training regimen's a little bizarre. Yeah, he was going through his throwing motion with just a towel in his hand, whipping the towel over and over again. Then there was another one where he was tripping over dummies. He was trying to, you know, skirt in between them, like he's moving in the pocket and he's tripping over them. And then now you've got the the cage or whatever that is that he's struggling with. He looks better on the field than he does anywhere else. And I think... I think Sean McVay, or not Sean McVay, Sean uh, Payton is a good enough coach that he can limit his mistakes. I think J- Jameis Winston's a good enough quarterback for that team to be fine. But the problem is I don't think he has the weapons for that team to be fine. I mean, what are you scared of? Who are you I worried mean, about? Traquan Smith? I mean, he can he can hit you deep. What? Nobody in the the NFL is worried about Traquan Smith. Not seeing number one coverage. Mm-hmm. No one. I mean, in his in, in Traquan Smith's entire career, he has six or eighty catches for eleven hundred yards. Yep. That's over the course of three years. Mm-hmm. Well, the most usage he got was last year, right? He was close as rookie year. He's had 44, okay. 25, and 50 targets in his career. Never had more than 448 yards in a year. And you're telling me that guy's going to be your number one? I struggle to believe that. He'll be, I mean, he'll be your number one until Michael Thomas comes back, which hopefully will just be a month. And that, see, that's the thing I'm worried about, Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worried about the injury, the things that I've heard. Sean Payton's obvious frustration with him not getting the surgery done earlier in right. the offseason. Just all of this. It's. It, Kind of like I was talking about Minnesota. It's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that just kind of add up to one very bleak picture. And it makes you question: is is that part of the pro, is that part of the process for him? Is he trying to get his way out of town? Because with Drew Brees now gone, does he? I mean, they, there were questions about his, I guess, loyalty for lack of a better term to this team last year when Drew Brees was on the team. Now that Drew Brees is gone. Michael Thomas's uh, loyalty comes into question here. Is he just biding his time and and making it as difficult as possible to get them to go? You know what? We're going to trade you. We're going to send you somewhere else because we can't deal with this. The fact that they asked him to get the surgery three months before he even got the surgery is baffling to me. Why would you wait that long in the in the in the process? other than to kind of sabotage your team's start to the year. I think it's a I, I think it's just a game of sort of chess, mental chess with Michael Thomas in this organization. And I don't know if it's he's not angling for more money. He already got a contract extension for a hundred million dollars, didn't he? Michael Thomas he he just got a contract extension with New Orleans, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah, two years ago. So why this would be year two? So what? So what could be the angle here other than wanting to get traded? 
I don't know. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, or place an order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Market analysis. This is G. Deckeroff, voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the sports tank. Fire them cannons. By golly, put more powder in those things. I just had to do it. Anyhow, uh, we had news today as far as basketball goes, college basketball, and Moni Bates is deciding to reclassify into the 2021 class, and he will shortly be making his decision on what his future is going to look like. Will he come to college and take advantage of the name, image, and likeness stuff? I mean, he has been one of the highly touted prospects in high school basketball for the last couple of years i mean there were people three years ago talking about this could be the next lebron james he's very good he dipped off a little bit last year uh on a ladder circuit he seemed to kind of recover his ability to score it didn't go so well at it was it yipsy high school i think where he went. Mm, yipsilante i think was. well it, yeah but the, the high school's named yipsy oh okay uh I will be interested with him for one reason. Yeah. He has no ability to enter the draft for two years. So this could be the first kid you see that actually does a year in college and then does a year in the G League. Because I really struggle to believe he's going to play in the G League for two years. Because that, that's the two options. Right. If you're if he's reclassified now, so he is coming out. Mm-hmm. My bigger question is, and, and this will be this will be really interesting to me as kind of a case study. Because with the name, image, and likeness thing, he might be able to make more in college than he does in the G League. I don't know that there's really a question to that. Oh, there's definitely a question. I mean, the, the more and more I learn about the name, image, and likeness thing, um, the, the deals are huge. The deals, They're bigger than you would think. Right. The deals can be huge in name, image, and likeness. And what's the G League offering? What, $500,000? Was that the top? I thought it was 250000 but I could be wrong. Maybe so. And you look at a kid like that, and, and I'll be honest with you, I look at what his finalists were. Mm-hmm. Because he talked about going to the NBL in Australia. Because he had a list of eight just a few weeks ago. Right. He's trimmed and, it to four now. I know. I, what I'm saying is I'm looking at the colleges that he was talking about. Okay. Because he had Miami and somebody else. I can't remember who he just trimmed from that list. But I remember seeing Miami and thinking, that, that's a little strange. And then I thought about it and went, well, there's no state tax. Mm -hmm. And that's a different market. You would be the face of Miami basketball. Well, look at who stuck around. You got Memphis where you're with Penny Hardaway, and you absolutely know there are deals coming for Memphis basketball players. Yes. Oregon that's got Papa Phil and Michigan State. Mm -hmm. I think this will be his decision and what he's going to do will be an interesting case study for, for name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Because college basketball might be able to survive this. 
if you look at a kid like that that goes, you know what, I can make more playing at Michigan State than I can in the G League. Right. That could be a saving grace for college basketball. I mean, if Bryce Young at Alabama is going to be making a million dollars before he even takes a snap, the best basketball player in the state of Michigan is probably going to make a whole bunch of money. I, I will tell you something, and, and I, I can't tell you exactly how I know this, but I do. The Bryce Young thing where he's making a million dollars, yeah, it's a series of deals. Oh, yeah. He has a slew of deals. Just as every other college athlete is going to have. It's not necessarily you got to get in and have these million-dollar contracts with these businesses. No, you, you cobble together... 25 different businesses to give you, okay. you know, 10 grand or something? I, I think you missed how I was saying this. Okay. I've seen lists for a litany of athletes. Bryce Young's is five times longer than anybody else's. Right. Which I don't know what to do with that. I don't know why that is. And it could be that, you know what, Alabama, in the state of Alabama, college football is king. Yes. And it could just be that a lot of businesses that are centered down there came together and said, here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything nefarious is going on. I'm just saying when you see those lists, that, and you can find them on the – they are findable. I'll put mm-hmm. it that way. You see those and you go, man, Bryce Young has a ton of commitments. It's just an interesting – why wouldn't you? Oh, Why 100%. wouldn't you be a spokesman for everything you possibly could get? 100%. And Amoni Bates could be no different. Although in basketball, I will say, I think, I think the, the chances are that his deals could be bigger. I agree. I didn't think that's what you were going to say right there, but I could mm-hmm. easily see a path where, I mean, let's say he goes to Michigan State. That's where he committed before. Right. He would be the face of that program for two years. No doubt. And so you think about all of the industries that are centered in Michigan. And, I mean, it's it's a pretty yeah. good bang for your buck from a sponsor's yeah. perspective. And if I'm topping out at 250 in the G League, guess what? I can make four times that much money, at least be in the face of Michigan State basketball because who watches the G League to begin with? We'll see you tomorrow right here on ESPN Asheville at 3.